Hey guys, Alana Terry here with the Successful Writer Podcast. Thank you for tuning in. I'm just really glad that you're here, glad to be connected with you, and glad to dive into our discussion. So today I want to talk to you about negativity and how to deal with different kinds of negativity. So I think all of us have been been here at some point, whether it's reviews where someone has something, you know, unkind to say about your book, there's something they're complaining about or didn't like. Bad reviews definitely have their place. And again, it's important to remember reviews really are for potential readers, not for you, but you definitely can learn some things from them. So we'll be talking about negativity from your readers negativity from strangers, acquaintances, you know, just people kind of in that outer sphere, negativity from your family, and also negativity from yourself, which I'm guessing for a lot of us is probably going to be the hardest one to overcome out of all of these. So let's start with negativity from your readers. I think the first thing you need to ask yourself if you feel like you're dealing with negativity from readers is, is this truly negativity? It's possible that it's just that person's opinion. So for example, if you send somebody who loves fast-paced thrillers, your small town romance novel, and they said, yeah, this book, I just didn't get into, it was kind of boring. That doesn't mean you bought a bad book. It really isn't. Now, based on the way they say it, it's not even necessarily being negative. It's just, this is not my genre. So the first thing to think about if you're getting a bad review or someone complaining about your book is, is this person really in your target audience? So you might know I have quite a few books set in North Korea. Every once in a while, I'll get a complaint because somebody doesn't like that there are so many foreign names for my characters. And so A, I do try to have names that are easier for people to remember. Like uh, I've gotten out of North Korea, there's actually a Korean name called He-Man with a hyphen in between. I have a character named He-Man. That's easy for us to read and remember. So I do, you know, try to make it at least a little easy, but, you know, I can't name all of my Korean characters, John, Mike, and Susan, right? And so every once in a while, if I get a complaint like that, my thought is, okay, well, if, if this person really doesn't like foreign names, maybe this series isn't for them, right? So that's the first thing to ask. Or I had someone complain that one of my suspense novels was violent. And no, I don't think that my books need gratuitous gore, but I also knew that I'm totally comfortable with the level of violence that there is. Like it's very, you know, tame PG-13, if even that. So Mike, that was, this isn't my target audience. Now, if you're getting negativity from your target readers, then that is something to take a little more closer to heart. See if there's something that you can do in future books to make it better. And then something else to keep in mind is there's always going to be some readers who are very, very opinionated. At some point, you just need to say, hey, if someone's going to find something that nitpicky to complain about, they're going to find something that nitpicky to complain about. And then you just move on from that. So that's negativity when it's coming from our own readers. There are a couple kind of rules of engagement. One is not to respond to your reviews on Amazon. I think that this is a good idea. 
I think you guys know by now, if you've been listening, I don't like saying always do this or never do that. But really, I cannot think of a time when it makes sense for an author to respond to an Amazon review. To me, it's a little bit creepy even in that, you know, the joke going around how like you're eating a bowl of Cheerios and you're on your phone and the next thing you see scrolling on Facebook is an ad for Cheerios or something like it feels kind of invasive. To me, that that's the feeling that I would get if an author responded to one of my reviews. I've said it before, reviews are for the readers. They're not for you. I think that most readers who are outside the author space, they don't even think about you as a person. They think about you as somebody who makes a product, right? So it could even be a little bit, A, it could be kind of creepy if you respond. B, it could just make you look bad, especially if you're responding to something negative and saying, oh, well, this is why I did it. It just, it doesn't look very professional. And then speaking of professional, you know, sometimes readers even, or authors even want to respond to the good reviews. And I can see that, you know, like if somebody says, wow, I love this book. I sure wish there was a sequel. And you know that there is a sequel. And so you want to jump on and say, hey, thanks for this review. By the way, did you know book two is out? But I still don't recommend that because to me, it, I'm trying to think of how to explain this. It just kind of feels like you're stepping into what should be kind of a neutral zone, right? So it's one thing if an if a reader emails you and says, I loved this book, can't wait for the next book. And you say, hey, guess what? The next book's out. Thanks so much for being a fan because they've engaged with you. But if someone leaves a review of your book on Amazon, they're not doing it to engage with you. <laughs> you know, they're doing it just to let other people know that, that they, you know, what they think about your book. I would not get worked up about one-star reviews. I had a one-star review that was on one of my books for over a year that was complaining about characters who weren't even in my story. So they were reviewing a different book and it ended up as a one-star on mine. It's just something, you know, you just shrug and eventually Amazon took it down. You could always try that if you feel like there's a review on your book that doesn't belong there. You can bring it to Amazon's quality control team, but there's no guarantee they're going to take it down. And really, it's not a huge deal. So don't get too worked up about that. In general, don't respond to reviews. You have better things to do with your time. And I think readers aren't expecting that. So it could feel kind of weird if you were to just jump in. Now, again, if you're being engaged personally by email or on social media, at that point, you can choose to respond. Not a big deal. So then we can talk about what to do when you are dealing with negativity coming from strangers or acquaintances or people who just don't really know what to make of the fact that you're an author. I was talking with a lady once and, and we were getting along well and she asked if I worked from, or, you know, if I worked out of the home, I said, well, I'm at home, but I'm a writer. And she seemed interested in that. And then we just started talking about other things. And then, and then she asked me a few minutes later, so do you do anything else during the day or do you just write your stories? And it really, it made me feel like she had no idea, you know, just calling them stories and saying, just write your stories. And, you know, she was kind of saying, is this all you do? Or is there more to your life? You know, it could be offensive if you were in that frame of mind. For me, I just kind of try to laugh those sorts of things off. If people don't understand what goes into being an author, 
you know, a five minute tirade by you isn't going to show them anyway. And it's just going to, again, lead to that kind of contention. Maybe you're getting the sense already that I, I don't like confrontation, so I'll avoid it when I can choose to. So I just laugh those sorts of things off. It's easier when it's somebody that you don't know, like, you know, somebody just in passing who just really doesn't get it. So it doesn't matter what they think. There are all kinds of memes out there about just the strange responses that people get when someone says that they're an author. And one of the funniest ones I saw, it was if people treated brain surgeons like they talk to authors. And so it shows these pictures of people at a party and it's like, oh, you do brain surgery. I've been thinking about doing that in my spare time. Or, oh, I hear you're a surgeon. Have you done surgery on anybody at, you know, famous? Have I, have I seen your work? And stuff like that. I think that that's where those kinds of interactions belong is just in the world of memes and laugh it off. Now, I do think it's important to be willing to defend yourself in some venues because there are people who don't really get that writing books is an actual viable job. And if you are a career writer and you're running into people who just don't get it and they think that this is just a hobby, I think sometimes there is going to be a time where that could and should be defended. So especially, I think this comes in with like family. So the examples from earlier were just, you know, acquaintances or people you've just met or people who don't get it. Those are in most cases easy enough to just brush off and forget. But if this is coming from somebody that you interact with regularly, then it can be very demoralizing to always hear comments about that. So, you know, if someone's saying things all the time, like, oh, yeah, how's your, how's your little writing hobby coming along? <laughs> There's a couple different ways to respond to that. If it's someone that you're interacting with very regularly, like a family member or something like that, and it is getting to the point where it's making you feel discouraged or misunderstood or anything like that, there are definitely some ways to consider your response. So option A is kind of like what we talked about with the acquaintance, and it's just to laugh it off as best you can and move on. I had a family member who I very, very much loved. I did feel like she supported and encouraged my writing, but she was very much kind of an old school mentality. And so in her mind, I was good enough to be a real author. You know, I'm doing quotes here, but I was still stuck publishing my own books because I hadn't had my breakout success yet into the real publishing world. So, you know, she would say things when we would talk and it would be like, oh, so are you still publishing yourself? And, you know, there was definitely a hint of, Alana, you should have found yourself a publisher by now so that you could be a real author. But again, I knew that she was proud of the fact that I wrote books. She read my books and liked them. She just didn't understand that going indie is actually a valid life choice. You know, she sort of thought that I was settling for less, which, you know, I, I would never not want to be indie. <laughs> and so I just let that roll off my back. It didn't to me seem like a, a big enough deal. And especially since I knew that she really was supportive beneath those kinds of questions. So there are some cases like that. Maybe they don't 
truly get it, but it's not going to be worth, you know, the long 15 minute explanation or something like that. And then here's another thing. A lot of families find it crass to talk about money. And so you might be, you know, wanting to say something like, hey, grandma, guess what? This little side hobby that you think I have is, you know, paying my rent (laughs) or, you know, like it's as much as my spouse earns or, or whatever. You know, sometimes if you have monetary success to point to, you might want to point to that. And sometimes that's not going to be the best. I, I think sometimes maybe it is. <laughs> but, you know, in a lot of family situations, that is considered crass. So, but, you know, let's throw that out as another option. It's, I don't think it's their business. I don't think you owe it to anybody to tell them how much money you make. I share my author revenue in venues like this just because I want people to know, uh, you know, like, hey, I know what I'm talking about because, you know, I, I've got the numbers to back it up. And also because it's kind of, a, oh, well, if Lana can do this, then, you know, other people can do this too. So I do... I'm fine sharing my author earnings with other authors in a venue that doesn't feel competitive or, or anything like that. Just as a, Hey, guess what? Lots of people are making six figures a year from their writing. It's, you know, it's very possible. That part's fine with me. If it's somebody from like, you know, real life, I don't know if you guys do this, but I definitely make a distinction between my, you know, real life friends and, everybody that I know in the author community. So, you know, if one of my real life acquaintances or friends asks how much I make, I very much steer the direction in another way because it's not their business. But if you're getting over and over and over derogatory remarks about your writing and you've got the numbers to show, hey, you know what, this is more than just a little silly hobby. Let me show you. That's an option. But you also need to be ready Some people think that that's enough to like shut somebody up and maybe they're just going to find another thing to be derogatory about. Like a negative person is going to be negative no matter what. So that's just another thing to bear in mind. But, you know, keep it as an option to actually show some success. If you're not to the point yet where you can say, you know, Hey, I'm earning X amount a year, or if you just don't feel like it's their business because it's not, and you don't want to show your own numbers, you can definitely point to some of the studies that have come out about how many authors are doing so well about how so many indie authors are earning more than traditionally published authors. You know, you keep it in generalities if you wanted to. Now, I'm blessed enough to have a super, super, super supportive spouse. I really needed a lot of encouragement to be willing to put myself out there as an author anyway. And I don't think I would have had the courage to do that if he hadn't been my inspiration just saying, hey, you can do this. I believe in you. This is going to work. And so I know not everybody has that kind of relationship with their spouse. And this can be a really, really hard, hard thing to deal with. So I just want to talk specifically if you are married to somebody who doesn't get what you're doing. And there are so many different facets to this that I don't feel qualified to kind of get into every single nuance. You know, every every couple's going to have to 
work this out a little differently. And I can't pretend to speak to every single situation out there. But just some ideas for you if you are feeling discouraged by your spouse, belittled, things like that. So first of all, is to ask yourself, are you reading more into it? Because I think there are a lot of authors, I don't know why this is the case, maybe it's just because we're, we're putting so much of ourselves out on the page. I get the feeling that authors tend to be a little bit less confident in general than the average, average person. And so it's possible that when your spouse comes home and says, hey, what'd you do today? They're actually not saying, I can't believe you spent the day writing. What a waste of time. They might be asking about your day. So that's, that's the kind of easiest solution is to think through these comments that you might be perceiving as negative and wonder, wait, is this actual negativity or is this just my own insecurity? And then another thing you can ask yourself is, is your own insecurity feeding into this problem? This is something you could be doing, even if it's not with your spouse, if it's, you know, when you're talking about your writing with your friends or your family, do you make a lot of kind of apologies for what you're doing? Do you say things like, well, yeah, I'm a writer, but I've only got two books out or yeah, I'm a writer, but you know, right? Like, I know you couldn't understand what I said because I didn't say anything, but so many of us do that. It's I'm a writer, but, or I'm just a writer, or I'm not doing this full time. Those might be true statements like that. You might not be doing this full time, but when you kind of always say I'm a writer, but then you're kind of portraying that you don't believe strongly in what you're doing. And so if you're not in your own mind, looking at what you're doing as something important, something that has significance, something that has value, something that is sustainable, something that is your calling. If you're not talking about your writing in that way, then those closest to you are going to pick up on that. So that's the second thing. If you're dealing with someone close to you, like a spouse who isn't supportive, the next thing to ask yourself is, am I portraying my own insecurity? And is that feeding into this kind of dynamic? So if I'm always saying, yeah, I'm, I'm really discouraged about my writing. Maybe I should just give up. It's really like my book sales are terrible. If you keep saying things like that, and then you get upset because your spouse or, you know, a friend or something isn't a hundred percent behind what you're doing, you've kind of created that environment of negativity with your own insecurity. So that's another thing to just think about the way that you think about your writing, the way you talk about your writing. Are you talking about it as if it were a hundred percent legitimate or are you doing that thing where you kind of make apologies for it? Now I want to totally acknowledge that when you're living, especially living with uh, an unsupportive spouse, but this can be anybody you're close to who does not encourage your writing. I know that it's, it's often so much deeper than the things I've mentioned. You know, the things I've mentioned are kinds of the ones that have the quick fixes. And as we all know, life and marriage is often not about the quick fixes. But 
a few things you can try to do to improve your situation. One is, like we talked about, think if your own insecurities are feeding into this situation. Another would be to find, find out, I think this could go either way. So let me just kind of give you the two scenarios. I can see one scenario where you decide to just not talk about it as much. If every single time you talk about your writing, you're met with eye rolls and sighs and when you're going to get a real job kinds of questions, maybe you just don't bring it up. Now, I definitely do not want to encourage anybody to be keeping secrets from their spouse, but if every single time you talk about writing, somebody's giving you that much negativity, no matter what, then A, you either need to have a, a long and hard discussion, hey, this is something I'm doing, this is something I believe in, I need you to stop being this negative. Or, until that happens, don't bring it up as much. That's option A, but I also want to give you option B, which I think in some cases is going to be better. Option B is where you actually talk about it more because sometimes people just don't understand how much work goes into it. So, you know, there's kind of the uh, trope of the husband who comes home from work and the house is dirty and the kids are a mess, but the mom's been home all day. And he's like, well, what do you do all day? And he just doesn't know, right? Because he's not there to see it. It's very possible that that's how an unsupportive spouse feels about your writing. They might think, okay, well, you write a chapter a day. In 20 days, you have a 20-chapter book. What's the big deal? And so sometimes talking more about your work, and especially when you're able to talk about your work in a way that's kind of breathing life into your work, is actually the better way to go. And I think that you need to just trust your own instinct to know whether it's time to be more forthcoming or to just say, hey, maybe it's best to just talk about my writing with someone else. And so that's why, you know, online communities and things like that are so important. Sometimes getting support and encouragement from people who do get it is going to go a lot farther than looking for support and encouragement from somebody else. So... I know it's a lot more complicated. I wish that, you know, you and I could just sit down personally and talk through your own individual situation because I know each, each situation is totally different and I honestly feel a little guilty trying to just blanket this with generalities, but hopefully you've gotten something that you can, can try to do for your own situation that will help if you are in that situation. I've got kind of two case study examples, I guess, that I can share with you from my own life, talking about whether it's time to speak up more or speak up less. So when my husband was a pastor at a small rural church, at the beginning, I was very excited to share if I was about to start writing a new novel that week or if I had a book published, I would share that. But it turned into, and not just because of my writing, but for a lot of other reasons, the environment there turns fairly negative. And there were people who would look at me and 
say to themselves, and unfortunately not just themselves, but to each other, what's Alana doing writing so much when she's got a family to take care of? So basically, my sharing was making me more vulnerable to that kind of negativity. And so when I found out that that was happening, I just stopped sharing, which I don't regret. To me, that did feel like the right decision. In that case, I protected myself from that negativity by not talking about it. I also want to share an example of when talking about it actually was the better decision. And so like a lot of couples, there has been some financial tension sometimes between my husband and me. And my initial thought for the first couple years when I was a writer was to just kind of keep the business finances under wraps. And so, you know, it was always a separate account for the writing and it just, I didn't talk about it much because I didn't want to turn into a fight, you know, about what we should do with the money or anything like that. And what I found out though, and what I started to do was to talk more about like my book sales, about my budget, about my ad strategy. And as it turned out, it was great. It turns out my husband got, you know, and does get really excited when I have a good sales month. He feels, you know, sorry for me if I'm like, man, I had to pause my ads because I ran out of my ad budget before the month was up. I keep him more in the loop now in terms of the business finances, whereas at first that felt like a scary step, but it's actually been really neat for our relationship. So that's an area where my talking about it has actually helped foster a better sense of positivity. And so those are just two examples of, you know, times where maybe it makes sense to just not say anything and times where talking about what you're doing with someone who might be feeling, you might feel is unsupportive could be the way to go. And lastly, we just need to talk about the negativity that comes from your own mind. Because like I said, I think, and correct me if I'm wrong, leave a comment, but I feel like authors tend to be more susceptible to insecurity than the average, you know, whatever job you want to throw out there. I think we're just kind of a highly sensitive group of people. And so we feel things more deeply if we think that people aren't behind us or don't like us. I think some people who don't understand writers might say we hide behind our words because we're scared to put ourselves out there. You know, these are probably stereotypes, but I know at least sort of in my own life, they, they do ring true. I've, I've talked about it before. I, I dealt with so much insecurity, especially in my first few years as a writer. And so I want to talk about combating your own negative self-talk. So we've talked before on the show about limiting beliefs. And so you just need to kind of do a, a audit, I guess, of what you believe about your writing. So if you're saying things to yourself like, oh, it's, it's really silly for me to hope to make a living doing this, or man, I'm lucky that I've got some readers because my books really aren't this good. Like if you're saying those kinds of things, then really you're limiting yourself. If you don't believe that you can make $100,000 a year from your books, you're never going to try, right? If you don't believe that your books are 
great stories, or if you write nonfiction, they have great material in them. If you don't believe in your books yourself, that's going to come across in the way you talk to your potential readers. You know, I think we've all seen the posts on Facebook like, hey guys, I'm totally going to exaggerate here, by the way, so I don't want anyone to feel like I'm picking on you personally. I'm very much exaggerating just so you can see what I mean. Hey guys, got a new book out. I'd really like it if you read it. Could you do me that favor and check it out? Do you see how, like, that doesn't sound exciting to anybody, right? So we should be excited about our books. We should feel confident about our books. And that's really going to impact the way that we market, which is going to have a direct impact on our sales and things like that. So one way to kind of assess your own limiting beliefs is to go back, see if there was a time when someone said something discouraging that stayed with you. I have one example where I I wanted to be an author from the time I was like two. (laughs) And when I got to be maybe like 10 or 11 and my parents were trying to steer me more towards a more traditional career choice, my dad told me, well, yeah, you're a good writer, but I don't think you're going to be able to handle the rejection that comes from being an author. And so I went 10 years totally believing that. I spent, you know, all of my teens saying, I wish I could write, but you know, it would make me too depressed if, you know, I got rejected and every writer gets rejected, so I shouldn't try. And I feel like that carried with me even when I did write my first book and publish it. And I've shared before that roller coaster I was on. I think that those words kind of turned into my own limiting belief. And it was, Alana, you can't handle rejection. Rejection's going to break you. And so maybe you have something in your life. Maybe a teacher told you you weren't a good writer. Maybe your next door neighbor said authors never earn money, you know, whatever it is. If someone said something like that to you, especially, I feel like these things can stay with us if you were a kid and someone said that to you, someone you trusted like a parent or something. So go back, do a little bit of assessing. Are any of your limiting beliefs coming from something negative that someone told you about writers? And so that's, that's one way to combat these kind of negative self, self-talk. I don't know what I'm trying to say. The, the, the words, the thoughts, negative thoughts. How about that? <laughs> I found the word. It's thoughts, believe it or not. That's a way to combat these negative thoughts when they come up. Another one is to just train yourself to recognize negative self-talk when it does creep up. So our kids have a rule. If they aren't allowed to say it about their brother, they're not allowed to say it about themselves. Like I have a son, I have to tell him regularly, you are not allowed to say, I'm no good at math. Like those words are not allowed to come out of your mouth. I wouldn't let you say it about your brother, so I'm not gonna let you say it about yourself. And in doing so, I'm really trying to train my kids. Now this is, you know, the actual words that they say, but we need to do the same thing with the thoughts that we think. So that when you're thinking a thought, a negative thought, Would you tell this to a little kid who wanted to be an author? You know, that's a way to think about it. If you say to yourself, man, this writing stinks and I'm never going to make any sales. Like, would you tell that to the five-year-old version of yourself, you know, who's all excited about writing? So train yourself to recognize those negative thoughts when they come in. 
I hope that this was an encouraging episode for you. I'm just so excited that you're here. I'm excited that you are on this writing journey. It's so amazing to be able to share this journey with each other. And we'll talk to you next time.